Life is precious, and we all have the opportunity of living it to the fullest. Unfortunately, so few of us know how to manage it all. How do we account for our opportunities? How do we account for our time? How do we account for our relationships, health, spirituality, homes, finances, influence, and careers? How do we account for the one life we have to live? I am so glad you asked. In this program, you will find answers to all of these questions and more. Welcome to the Account for Your Life podcast with your host, the healthy accountant himself, Jay Moore. What's happening? Welcome back today. How are mistakes repeated over and over in business? Well, today, if you're a business owner, we're going to tackle some of the mistakes could, you know, I've seen as many as 22, could probably, it could be a hundred. Um, there are a lot of mistakes that business owners make or businesses make, and they do them over and over and over. And why am I talking about this? Well, it's the day after Christmas. The, the year is almost over. We got six full days left in the year before January 1st. And I wanted to remind myself, did you like, let's remind ourselves Man, there's there's a lot of mistakes, and let's not make those mistakes going into 2024. All right, let's jump right in. What are mistakes? You know, oops, that's what mistakes are. So think of it. If 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 you made a mistake, or if, and I'll just say I, I use I all throughout because I'm gonna just let you know I'm I'm preaching to myself in this podcast today. If I make a mistake, which I made a ton and I saw like I went to the Internet to find out who else was talking about this topic. And I found a website. I think it was process process dot st. I learned I got that from ChatGPT. Actually, it's, it showed me where it was at. Um, ChatGPT gives, you know, it's pretty good. So so I go to process dot st. I believe that's what it is. And it has all these mistakes that businesses are making and they're doing it over and over. And so I looked down the list. and I said, well. Which one or which two or which three? There was a lot that I made. And I says, one of the mistakes, I'm going to give you one of the mistakes, big, huge mistake that I personally made in business over and over, not documenting process. Say it again, not documenting process. What does this mean? Jenny was just talking about this last night. And we were talking about how we got to get to the point where this is the last time I'm doing this. And, and it's not. Technically, it may not be the last time you do it, but it gives you an opportunity to document what you do. See, because what you do should be documented so that you could then go find somebody else to do the thing that you was doing. See, as business owners and people that people that start the thing, we can't keep doing the thing. We can't keep producing the stuff. We have to produce something different. So when I saw that documenting um, the process, I said, man, like, hey, guys. And, I, you know, I learned this on my second, the second job that I had. This was in 19, or the second job out of college. In 1997, I was working for an auto, an auto finance company, uh, subprime. So basically, you had bad credit. You came to us, um, which... That company was later bought by Wells Fargo. So Wells Fargo wound up buying buying the company this company because they had a great product because they gave people loans who had bad credit. And so while while I was there, 
there was there was there was a time when we had to document the process for everything that we were doing. And I remember remember because the company was moving from Maryland to to Philadelphia and they were hiring new people. And the new people had to know exactly what the old people were doing because they weren't going to be there. They weren't going to get trained by the old people. So they had us like the whole, the whole accounting department had to look at all this stuff that we were doing and we had to document it. Back then, there was no videos. It was just literally you had to write it out. You had to type it up, all the stuff that you did and how you did it. So I did that. So I had experience. But then you go into business and you just kind of get whisked away. You get whisked away with all the, you know, oh, I'm in business for myself and I got my time back. And no, you don't. You don't have your time back because, because we're spending it on the wrong thing. So... Failing to document the process is one of the, the biggest mistakes. Another thing, it, I mean, I found having a single owner sometimes is is could be potentially a problem, even though like you could, it could be a single owner. Like you could have a single owner. However, when you have a single owner, um, what happens is you don't have anybody to bounce the ideas off of. You, you may not have anybody at the level of a founder that that you might need to you know to really kind of get things going because think about it if you're a one man or one woman show like how much can one man or one woman do so as the founder the person the visionary we need other visionaries around us to help us because where i'm weak they're going to be stronger and vice versa so having one having one founder um, could be a problem. Number three, also, they say a lot of people go into business and just say, I'm going to target, they target a niche, right? They target a niche. Like, hey, I'm going to accounting. I'm going to target real estate. I did that. Hey, I'm going to target health and wellness. Hey, I'm going to target, you know, um, you know, businesses under a million. I'm going to just target this niche, right? But, but what's your idea? You know, to say that that mistake is you're targeting the niche, but you're not targeting a really great idea. Guys, I made this mistake. This like I was I I am that guy like you could be that woman. I made this mistake. I was just targeting a niche, but not thinking of a great idea that makes all the difference. That's like when you start a business, you, hey, guys, we can start. I, I would call boring businesses. What's a boring business? Accounting is a boring business. Very boring. We can start boring businesses. You you can start a boring janitorial service. Anything that, you know, that's normal, you can start it and do it. Now, here's the thing. At some point, you're going to have to set yourself apart. That's where your ideas come in. So make sure that if you target the niche, that you create an idea around it so that that becomes what people know you Four. There was there was a couple others that I wanted to share. Um, oh, this is a good one. Not paying for expert advice. This one, this one's big. Now, luckily, I've done this one. I've paid for expert advice. I've paid, you know, a lot of money for expert advice. Now, as someone in an expert field, what I find is that a lot of times. People have a hard time paying for expert advice. I was on the phone with somebody recently, and when I shared how much 
the service started at and I shared with him that, hey, well, you know, you know, it starts here, but we're going to find a way to make it free. He said, it doesn't sound free. Now, he now now it didn't look like he'd ever done anything like that before. So for him, it was like whatever, the, like that price just seems like a lot. But what I noticed was to the tune of $100,000 in taxes that went out the door. I'm like, well, this is going to be a no brainer because you're 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 giving the IRS. You you're just forking over your money and you'd already paid the bill. So it's like, hey, well, what if we can get. What if we can help you get most of that back? Would it be worth it then, right? So expert advice is huge because at the end of the day, we don't know everything, you know? And when I've paid for expert business advice, it's nothing like making mistakes, even though you get the expert business advice, that is the worst. I wish I, man, like I've actually made mistake here. I made a mistake. I actually, I, I paid for advice and then I didn't take it. Hmm, now that's rough, paying for advice. You know, what, what, I could pay like $5,000 to be an event. You know, the expert told me something at the end of the, at the end of the training. Hey, you should be focused on this. And I kind of, I didn't stay, I didn't go directly. I didn't go directly into what the expert said to do. Now I'm doing it now. Now I'm doing it now, but I made the mistake first. So not paying for, I mean, not paying for expert advice. And then as a side note, paying for expert advice and then not taking the expert advice. That is horrible. Lack of transparency. Transparency is, is kind of like accountability, right? Somebody else, somebody else to look at, oh, well, look at what you're doing. You know, I remember me and my friend Jamie, we we were accountable to each other. I think we started that in 2021. He 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 we would meet every Sunday. We're just talking about all the stuff that he's doing and that, that I'm doing. We're just kind of accountable. Now, we we haven't been doing it as much in, in the la latter part of 2023, but we'll get back. We, we actually started again. Um, but lacking, lacking transparency is another one, which is which is pretty big. Um, recently reading a really good book, um, Choose Your Enemies Wisely. You should get that book written by Patrick Bitt David. I've already listened to it, I think, three, maybe four times on Audible because um, I like to just kind of get it in. And that book, it talks about you have to know your competition. Like, you got to study your competition. And it was crazy because this is something I did. You said, ignore competition. Oh, I, I don't need you. I, I don't have to look into what they're doing. No, you do, especially if they're making money, especially if, it, especially if it's working. You can't ignore it. Like I ignored the competition. Wow. Why would I do that? Why wouldn't I go to the competition's website? This is what he said in the book. He said what made, because he was in sales, he worked for Bally's. Remember Bally's, Bally's Fitness? He worked for Bally's. And he would, he would call the other places. Like, like he, he started calling other places and acting as if he was, trying to get a membership there. So he started doing that and, and just learning all the stuff that people say. And then he used that in his presentation so that when people came, he could then speak to what the uh, what the competition was doing. Then he also did it when he used to work for, I think he worked for Morgan Stanley or one of the big firms. And he would call around to all the other firms acting as if he was a buyer and get their sales pitches 
and then basically decode it, use it. He didn't ignore the competition. He took the competition and said, hey, I'm going to I'm going to find out everything that you're doing and then I'm going to make it better for my clients. Ignoring the competition. Let, let, let me ask you, if you're in business, have you studied your competition? Because if you're like me and I didn't study my I've started doing I've gotten better at this in 2023. But I'm going to leave that behind, meaning in 2024, I will know the competition. I'll know exactly what they're doing and I'll study them. And if they're doing something good, I'll, you know, I'll add it. If they're doing something that, that if there's something I can kind of like use to work against them, I'm going to use that because we have to make sure that we don't ignore them, especially when they are doing well. Um, We're going to do two more. Having no specific audience in mind. What is the audience? You know what that is? A lot of times we, oh, it's a niche. Eh, could be. It could be a niche. But an audience is a demographic. It's like really knowing the person. It's, it, it's almost like an avatar. It's an avatar. I remember back in, this is some years ago, Russell Brunson, uh, owner of ClickFunnels, was doing a training. And I remember he was talking about this avatar. I'm like, what is that? Someone's having an avatar and how he created an avatar of his of his client. And I can't the lady's name could have been like Susie or like he gave her a name. And, you know, it was like, oh, she you know, she might have been married. She had a couple kids. You know, she you know, she might have been like 32, maybe 40, you know, staying up at night wondering if like he like broke down all these things in, in that that was her. And that was his audience that he was speaking to. So when we think about the audience and we start talking their language, it's kind of like, you know, if I was speaking to accountants and if I was speaking to, you know, an accountant who may be a single, not a single mom, but yeah, she could be a single mom. And, you know, she's footing the bills for everything. And she's she may have one or two kids and she's been working for you know, a CPA firm or she's been working in corporate America for some years. She's got a calling on her, knowing that she wants to get out there and do financial education, knowing that she wants to help businesses. And, you know, but she's working full time and she's started part time and she's realizing that, wow, you know, this is this is not as easy as I thought. And, you know, it doesn't seem like it's working. You know, that's that's one audience that I know that we serve. Right. Then 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 there's like the business owner. It's like, you know, the business owner who, you know, who's somewhat successful. Right. They they they've gotten some momentum, meaning they've gotten over a half a million, you know, and their business is, you know, starting to really expand. But but the money is kind of going. The money is going everywhere. You know, they've got a couple of kids. They've got a wife. You know, um, they've got a husband. And they are, they are really just trying to make it work that maybe they're not even spending enough time, you know, with their, with their family, but they want to, you know, so having the right audience and speaking the language of their problems, their pain points, that could make or break our business. And, and I would say that it's broken our business at one point. And when I say it's broken, it is broken it from the standpoint of, it just kind of 
we just took everybody, right? We just took any, or not even just anybody. And anytime you take anybody, you wind up not helping. Isn't I'm not going to say you don't help anybody, but you just don't make the impact because you're taking anybody. It's when you realize that, hey, we can't help everybody. Can't help them all. You know, you know, you, you doesn't just because you come to me, don't mean I can solve your problem. In fact, let's, you know, if you don't meet a certain criteria, then we know we can't solve the problem. And that's something that we have to get to when we're talking about building an audience and actually knowing exactly who we want to help. And then this is the last one that we're going to do. We already talked about document and process, and this is this could be 1A, 1B, but this is just another one all by itself. Doing everything yourself. Doing Look, if we're in business and we have to do everything yourself, ourselves, that business is probably not going to grow. Now, here's, here's the good part about this. When I say doing everything yourself, you personally, we can get ChatGPT to do stuff. We can get systems to do things. You don't actually need people to do a lot of the stuff. So if we have our systems right, you could be a one-man, you could be a one-man business doing a million. Yeah, you could. Because, because if say if you're selling a course, if you're selling a product, this would probably wouldn't work for services, guys. <laughs> I mean, you could in service, come on, you know what? You could have a service and do a couple million. It's a high-end service. You know what I'm saying? Like it had to be a high-end service. Because why would you have a low-end service? It, it wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. You can't get there because you, you're, you're going to burn out. So if you're doing a service-based business, then in order to get to a meal, you need a high-end service. And if you're in, if then if you're in like a product-based business or, you know, of course, a digital product-based business, oh my goodness, that's like, once you have that dialed in, which, man, I got to get this right in 2024. 2024, the digital product, the digital product side of our business is going to be dialed in. It will be dialed in. We will, yes, we're going to do way better than what we've ever done in 2024. So doing everything itself, creating systems, it's everything. So guys, look, our mistakes repeated over and over in business. I don't know. I'm not going to do them anymore. I hope you decide today not to do any of these mistakes so that 2024 is will be the most amazing business year of your life and of my life. So guys, I appreciate you for joining me for this episode of the Account for Life podcast. Jay Moore, the healthy accountant, helping you to account for your life. God bless and I'll see you on the next episode. Peace. Thanks for joining us, listening friends. We are so glad you invested this time with us. Always remember, you only have one life to live, so live it to the fullest. This has been the Account for Your Life podcast with your host, the healthy accountant himself, Jay Moore. Until next time, Make it a great day.